0: This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Welcome to Revolution Church's Meet Your Congregation. Uh, it is me, Caleb, here with Brother Pastor Jay Baker. Good afternoon. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and we are Skyping with our good friends, the Bows, Joshua and Angela. Hello. Hello. They're peace signing us. Guys, you can't do peace signs on podcasts. <laughs> Only we can see you. No one else can see you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but you all know how this works. You all have your own podcast as well. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. We, we need
1: to resurrect it. We yeah, should. But now we can't because we're quarantined.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I thought, I thought that would be a good little in to kind of uh, introducing you guys on this show is because the... The show that I've helped you all uh, with in the, in the past, which I think is a really good idea, is your show called Out of the Attic. And you guys did a run on the show called Two Atheists Go to Church, where you two atheists <laughs> go to churches and give them reviews, almost like you were reviewing like a movie or a new restaurant or something. And I think that's like an invaluable tool. I think that's a really, really cool thing. And you're almost doing the church a service. By giving an honest, <laughs> are we? I really <laughs> think so. <laughs> well, I think so. But you all did that for revolution, is what I was going to say. The wafers are a little bit, yeah, <laughs> crunchy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not a wine. What the fuck.
0: <laughs> but I think it's, it's just it's cool that we're this. You know, it's called meet your congregation, which is obviously a, a loose name. But then we can have have you all. You know, a couple of damn heathens, a couple <laughs> of atheists. <laughs>
2: Uh, we don't We don't have the answers either. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. We're all screwed. Actually, the this is uh, March's uh, March was uh, the food drive month for most food shelves in Minnesota. So I was actually supposed to speak at like six different churches, but I only ended up going to one. I went to uh, Saint Adolphus Gustavus Adolphus Lutheran Church. It's this giant church, and they maybe have 120 members. It's crazy. You could probably fit three thousand people in their sanctuary. Oh, wow! And so I didn't realize how quickly, like the Lutheran Church, especially in Minnesota, is dying. Um, and I went to another. Well, I was supposed to go to another one, and I was like, "Well, how many people should I expect?" And they're like, "Well, we have thirty-four members." Wow! And they have a huge building. You know, they've got all this stuff because they used to, you know, be an institution.
3: Interesting. There's lots of churches like that and some of them still have like huge budgets. That's how I mean, they keep the buildings. Yeah. They have to maintain. them. But, I mean they could sell the buildings and rent a place and invest in social media stuff. Yeah, and just become podcast churches. There's
2: a lot of church real estate available in, like in this neighborhood specifically in St. Paul pretty soon. So it'd be it'd be interesting to see what they get turned into. I know there's a group of people called Ecclesia apartments that take old churches and kind of convert them into apartment buildings
3: huh yeah they did that in atlanta
2: yeah there's one in st paul right by metro state um it's pretty cool they like they kept all the stained glass windows it was an old baptist church
4: Oh. So. Cool. Well,
3: there's one there was one called the abbey which is a bar they turned into a bar and a club oh really and then a church that club went on a business and then the church bought the bar Nuh-uh. and turned it back into a church. Really? <laughs> hey, man. Resurrection.
1: It was crazy. I was looking up. I've been listening to this podcast called good Christian fun run by two comedians. One's Kevin Porter and, uh, dang it. I can't remember the girl's name, but they were talking about, because they're based in LA and like how many mega churches are out in LA. And it, took me on a a lunchtime deep dive into mega churches in the United States and I didn't realize that Eagle Brook is like in the top 10. Oh wow. And that's like the big mega church in Minnesota and I was like really? Like a Minnesotan church is like in the top 10 mega churches in the country. Wow. And, and it took me by surprise. I was like holy crap, I didn't know that Eagle Brook had that big of a reach. I know they have like eight different campuses or something and we went to Eagle Brook. I think that mm-hmm. was like one of our first episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so bizarre. Like it it was crazy. It was like what I think Hillsong churches are probably like. Like oh, the yeah. like total like rock show, like worship. And then like that was the one where the pastor wasn't even there, right? He yeah. was like like a big like screen yeah, came a, down a and he's like, "Hey guys!" And like I just <laughs> kept thinking how funny it would have been if the power would have gone out. <laughs> <laughs> and like right in the middle of a sermon, he's like, "And now this is the most." <laughs> and then like we'd just be sitting there staring at a blank screen. Like <laughs> thousands and thousands of people would be sitting staring at a blank screen,
3: and I'm like, "This
1: ah oh, weirds me out." Yeah. yeah. What kind yeah. of, what kind of magic?
3: Get out Get out of here! Yeah. <laughs> what kind of magic do you have to have to be able to? To have, like, a, a church that size and video yourself in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to be somewhat of a really amazing communicator to do that, I guess. That's insane. Well, the, that was crazy. The
2: strange thing about that church is churches like that, they have to appeal to so many people that they don't really – they don't stand for anything. Right. I mean, like, a, like a church without a skeleton structure because they basically – everything they say is so vague. And if you ever try to pin them down in anything, they're like, well, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, because they they don't really have anything that they stand for, which is I think it's strange to me because it feels like it should work the opposite way. The person who like has a strong stance for something that really believes in it, that people would flock to them and be like, "Well, I I care about this too." Yeah. But it just it seems like in our society it's, it's turning into the opposite where you have to be basically as non-threatening as possible, you know, and just be like straight down the middle on everything, you know, You're instead right. of standing for one thing or another and it's funny because then those people who don't stand for anything are shitting on the people that really do stand for something you know being like right. well he's extreme he's kind of crazy
4: <laughs>
1: but like I don't know I think people especially in that um that big of a I don't know community they don't go on Sunday to learn things you know what I mean like they go so the pastor can tell them hey You're doing a good job. Like, you know, were you nice to your neighbor this week? Yeah. (laughs)
4: Yeah. Like,
1: great. You know, they don't really go there to get like, it's not like a Bible college or something that's really deep theology, like deep theology that people go home and be like, okay, like I really need to wrestle with this. And like, then when you get into hot button topics, like what is the women's role in this particular church or what do LGBTQ people have to do with your church, then it's like, everyone starts, you know, (laughs) well, eh, you know, we love everyone, but, eh, you know, and then, (laughs) but if, you know, a gay man tried to be like an usher or someone,
3: you know, would they let him? Right. That's when they, they put the other foot down.
1: I don't know. It makes me all this, like, of course gays are welcome in our church, but then, they're not given a voice like yeah. it just seems so just trying to pacify people you know like just go listen to the message like you're doing a great job you guys and then you yep. know go home and meet some friends meet some friends and like the other weird thing about Eaglebrook, in particular and i guess we kind of saw that with other churches too is I was like, well, this must be, like, a really strong community. And, like, because Eagle Brook is everywhere. Like, and uh, the moment the the virtual pastor, (laughs) people were, it's like someone yelled fire and they just ran for the exits. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I, I was really shocked that people, like, weren't.
2: There was nothing for them to to congregate around.
1: Like they didn't hang out afterwards or were like talking to each other. Like, and there was no time during the service either where they're like, say hi to your neighbor or whatever. Like the people sitting next to us, I had no clue who they were. And when I left, I didn't know who they were either. Right. And it was, it was crazy at how fast people Mm -hmm. were like, okay, church, church done. I'm out of here. Like, it was crazy.
2: Yeah. And we were taking notes and people kept looking at us like we were strange. Like, <laughs> like, like he says the same thing every week. What are you taking notes for? <laughs> That's and funny. Yeah, it was, it was funny. But then we we what, what church did we go to that had the EDM pastor? Oh, that was substance. So we went to Substance, and a, an old friend of mine from like uh, we used to work at Trout Lake Camp together. <laughs> um, she's like, "Hey, Joshua, what are you doing here? Giving me this like weird look?" And I'm like, "Oh, we're we're doing some research for a podcast." And she was like, "Oh shit!" Uh, <laughs> Hilarious. She was immediately yeah, suspicious. Immediately suspicious. I was like, "Oh no." Never mind. Good to see you. <laughs> and she like <laughs> went ran right in the back and like talked to the like one someone like, one of the pastors quick. You know, like oh shit, someone's here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it made me really suspicious. <laughs> That's like, funny. One, like isn't your isn't your mission to like get people in the door? And then when somebody comes in, you're like, yeah, taking an interest in your church. They're like, ah, <laughs> hide the I bodies. To
4: to <laughs> and,
2: it also seems strange too so when good. I run into people in the church scene that like when i was in the scene i was in the same like a lot of the same beliefs that they had yeah they never changed and it's just interesting to see like coming out where i where i you know got to so far um just like how much my beliefs have changed you know over the years like becoming from being like a younger creationist to um i don't know what i am anymore like uh, a christian atheist sort of thing like right. cuz i find the story of christianity deeply meaningful to me Um, and it's shaped a lot of my life and I don't, I don't see why you would, why all of that's bad. So I don't, I don't get atheists who are really angry. I mean, I can get why people are angry at the church, but, um, but angry at a faith tradition I think is kind of foolish because it it has so much to give, you know, in my opinion.
3: Yeah. And it's so diverse too. I mean, it's hard to be like the church, you know, the capital C, Yeah. because there are good ones out there. Unfortunately, there's, they're usually not the loudest ones. Or the biggest
2: ones. Yeah, and they're they're usually the underfunded ones. Like I, I see the work that like Mark Van Sinwick's doing in Minneapolis at yeah. the Center for the Prophetic Imagination. And I'm I'm so sad that more people aren't like supporting him. Like he bar- he barely gets by. Yeah, and he does really great work. Yeah. And it's and it's frustrating because like he, he did podcasts like ten years ago.
3: Yeah. You
2: know? And he he could never get it off the ground because no people were like, Podcast, that's yeah. stupid. You know, now it's like everybody has a podcast. Uh It's
3: just like, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's like in some way people are just want to be entertained, you know, and when the rubber hits the road, it's kind of like, eh. Yeah. You know, (laughs) "Eh, I don't know about that. You know, if you have a lot of money, I guess you can be like, oh, I'll give some money towards that. Yeah. But, you know, it's, yeah,
2: it's tough. When it's, it's also strange too, that like certain people just have money so they can just do what they want. So, like, yeah. they, you know, can travel yeah. all over the place and, like, have a social, you know, platform. Like, when you guys interviewed Torsten uh, for uh, for Sacred Collective, like, oh, yeah. he, he didn't say anything meaningful the whole time he was on the podcast other than, like, stuff, per, stuff about his personal life that, you know. But other than that, like, he didn't explain what Warehouse Theology was at all yeah. other than he has an office and we're going to go do theology together. Uh-huh. And I was like. What do you what do you mean theology together? Can yeah. you just kinda of bring around the word hermeneutics? Be like, <laughs> I'll, I'll just confuse them.
4: That's you
2: know? <laughs> a study of interpretation. Actually, how you would interpret something. But yeah, I c I didn't I was like waiting for him to say anything meaningful and I was like, This is what he does all the time. You know, like that's <laughs> that's why he got LECO United. You know, I don't, I don't know if he got LECO United, I shouldn't say that. But um that's why that didn't work well, because it's just you can't tell somebody about this amazing product and not have anything in it, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the shoebox is really cool. <laughs> Just believe me. <laughs> you love it. And I, love, I love Torsten. So if he hears this, I love you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it does. It's kind of like uh, what you were saying earlier, Angela, about, uh, those, that type of church. And I haven't been to any of the ones that you're specifically talking about, but, uh, but it makes for a weird, uh, a weird environment when everything on the surface level is so fluffy and inviting and like, yeah, of course everyone's welcome. But then you, you have to like observe it, you know, in application to even get any of the below the surface, more, fu- you know, legalistic fundamentalist kind of uh, persuasions that they have. Like as far, like you are saying, like with a, like a, a guy, a gay guy wants to be an usher or something, a deacon. And isn't allowed to, you know, it's, it's like you, you would never they never would like just obliquely just say, you know, these these things that are not welcoming. But then you have to like be around it and see how breathe the toxic air to see, you know, exactly where where things are falling apart. But on the surface, it's so like Joshua, like you were saying, like with with certain types of theology. stuff, so it's like so like so welcoming. Now we're talking to
3: a cat on. <laughs> as well. We had a dog last <laughs> the last time. Yeah, so it's yeah, it is weird because it's like I attended a really cool church, well, I thought was a really cool church in Atlanta for a year, and I was like, oh, I love this church. And I've never become, a, I've never been a member of a church where I like went through the class or anything, and I was like, you know, I am going to go to the class and become a member of this church. And I was still doing Revolution, um, but this was on a different day, so I was really dug it. And as soon as I went into the membership thing, I realized they were like Neo Calvinists. Like, women can't speak or preach in the church and this and that. I had never, it just never hit me because one of my friends, who was pretty much an atheist, she went and she volunteered for the church and worked with them. And it was like this really cool thing. And then I was like, went to the membership thing. And I'm like, what? And then you have to be like under their authority. It was all this crazy stuff. And I was like, I can't even come back. Like, I'm like not much less can I not join your church. I disagree with it to such an, a, to such an extent that I can't even come back to the church. It was really kind of a bummer. Yeah. It's a bummer. Because they worked so hard to do this everybody's welcome vibe and preached all these sermons about grace, which I thought were amazing. But then when you realize, oh, well, grace is only for the chosen few. It was like, oh. That's why it's amazing because only a certain group of people get it. (laughs) Yeah. you know. one, One
2: thing we didn't really mention when we did the podcast is how monolithic the churches were too. So like they were all the ones we went to were predominantly white, white evangelical. So it's not, there's like no diversity. Like the most, like I think one church had, they had like the, a token, uh, a token, like a Latino guy in the worship band, you know, All Right. but that was it. But there's no, it was, it was very segregated, like not, not on purpose, but I mean, you might as well have had it be that way. Right. You know? There weren't any signs up there. Didn't need to be. It's just a weird, it's a weird thing that I don't think the church is, Dealt with yet, and it well has dealt with it poorly,
0: right? Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, like trying to still accommodate to like woke culture on the surface level, you know, and then still having all these conflicting uh, kind of roots, I guess.
3: Well, hillsong song is that way, yeah. I mean, they're really super hip, super cool, but if you're gay, no way, you know. But if you ever saw them their services, you'd be like, oh, this is. Cool and inviting, and the pastor has like a leather vest on, and, you know, cool That's hair.
0: And That's how you know he's cool, cool
3: shoes, and you know,
0: Pastor, don't forget your leather vest before you go out there
1: this <laughs> morning. I'm gonna, I'm leather le-
3: daddy. I don't know, you're
1: <laughs> Where's Robert? He needs to
3: wait. I've, no. I've been confused for that to be honest with you. I have been hit on my <laughs> leather daddies before church really Literally showed up. Because I had a black bandana in my back pocket, leather jacket, captain's hat, and they told me came up and told me they had rope in the car, and I was like, I, I don't understand what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> I love that story. Oh god, never gets old. It's so so. Funny. I remember the morning that happened. Yeah, and I compliment. I was like, the guy was like, Oh my god, I'm so horrified. I had no idea because I guess I had all the signals going out. And I was just going through the divorce, and I was like, "Buddy, I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm like, you've made my day. Just have anybody who's like, especially two guys, think I'm attractive enough to go be tied up, you know, and whatever. (laughs) Like, I made my day. I was like, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You know,
1: that's amazing.
3: So, (laughs) don't be horrified. I'll take it.
2: It's well. They just actually they just canceled pride too, which is sad. We always go to the pride parade.
1: Yeah. But. Yeah. They. They. I think I found
3: out today too that like all like the beaches are closed. Through the Minnesota autumn. beaches. Yeah. So the lakes. That's probably a good thing though, because everybody's acting a fool. I know. I know. Yeah.
1: yeah, especially with
3: the weather being nice. But I mean, I drove by a park yesterday, and it was packed. No, and nobody had masks on. And I was just like, "Do you not? I mean, does anybody see what's happening in New York right now? I mean, it's really awful." Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. We basically we were essential workers, so we go to work at our food shelves, and as soon as we're done with actually distributing food, our bosses like, "Get out of here, go home."
3: Yeah.
2: So that's what, so that's what we've been doing. Um, I mean, we're lucky that we have, we have an interesting house, so we have a lot of stuff to play with. You yeah, we do. <laughs>
4: yeah, lots
2: of <laughs> toys. And cats, yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, we should should mention. uh, Just to kind of tie things full circle, listeners of Revolution are probably somewhat familiar with Sacred Collective, and Sacred Collective started out in Ural's house.
1: That's That's true.
2: Full circle. That's when you used to always hear the police sirens in the background.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we recorded with that omnidirectional USB mic.
2: Yeah,
0: (laughs) and everyone, whenever you touched the table, it would be booming. Remember, guys, stop touching the. I would always be like, stop touching the table. I can't edit out all your thuds and booms.
1: And then didn't we have a guest who, like, specifically gestured with the table? Yeah. And he'd be like, and that's what the spirit yeah. like, That's what the. And we're like, yeah. Ah, ah. Like,
0: exclusively, every point he made had to be emphasized with a yeah, stop yeah. on the yeah. table.
1: Put, like, bang on the table. Yep. I like, watching your face. Caleb was so
0: funny. Was just like, uh. just making notes in my head. Oh God. Oh
1: you're like, no. Why,
3: why don't you just hit the mic? Just hit the mic. That's hilarious. Yeah. You got it. Back at you. Uh huh. <laughs> so, um, one of the things I think is interesting is, um, you guys are great. And, um, you're ath- atheist, whatever. Um, you know, but you've come to Revolution a couple times. One time I never even spoke because I knew you were there and I didn't want you to criticize my heavily, <laughs> ser- heavy Jesus sermon. <laughs> I was broken into bits and didn't have anything for anybody. But you came again and you guys actually come and see me speak before too. And um, probably more so than anyone else in the congregation. <laughs> kind of weird. Just gonna have to let God go in order to come see me. Um... <laughs> But no, I mean it's you know, and you do like great work and you obviously you don't do it so you can get to heaven. Um, you know, working in food pantries. Um and 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 uh John Caputo would say that's actually the kingdom of God uh-huh. when you're doing it without a belief system. But no, I, I just I think that's uh interesting that you you know, you just you haven't you're not angry, you're not just cut it all out. You still go to a church, you know, still attend churches, I mean, see people talk, you're talking to us right now about being, you know, kind of loosely congr- congregation members, you know, I mean, it's pretty awesome.
2: I think it's it's also funny uh, that I, I, for five days a week, I'm physically in a church building. Yeah. So both, both of the pantries that I run, though even though it's a secular organization, but we both run ch- spaces within churches. And it, ironically, our – so at the Lutheran Church, we are their biggest source of income is the rent that our food shelf pays them. Wow. So that's how basically we – they keep their church going.
3: <laughs> it's, it's, it's usually the other way around. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But yeah, the, it's – Merrick's a really interesting organization, but it's also – it's such a small nonprofit that you can really kind of do whatever you want. So it's it's really – it's it's nice. I mean, really all I have to do is get the the executive director's approval for something and then I can pretty much run it however I want to.
4: Yeah.
2: And because it's not my first food shelf, I've you know seen other places and so I'm not not above trying to steal a good idea, you know, from another place.
3: <laughs> right. What do you think keeps you guys open to like the, the to open to like Jesusy stuff? I mean, sometimes that like for me, I feel like if I could kind of get over parts of my faith, I would just be completely done.
2: Sure. Oh, like for me, it's because I mean, I'm interested in it. I mean, I went to seminary, you know, um, I've yeah. got a master's of arts and theological studies, uh, had an undergrad in biblical studies and theology, philosophy and ancient Greek. So like, I still read theology books. And I think right. they're interesting, but I'm also much more drawn towards people who, you know, take a take a stand, you know, so, like, like the Berrigans, for example, like they, they stand out to me or Bonhoeffer. Right. You know, we actually just watched a Bonhoeffer documentary uh, a couple weeks ago um, that I'd watched previously because I had a whole uh, course on him in seminary, which was just really, really interesting. I mean, and I think that's kind of what pulled me out of the belief aspect of it is there are just so many people who didn't give a shit about what Jesus actually talked about. Right. For for them, faith is primarily a, a matter of identity. It's not... It's, it's not defi- defining who they are uh, in in the way that you think that, that it would. Like, right. it's basically—it's just a it's just a title. It's like being a Republican or a Democrat. Right. There's lots of gray area in there to be all kinds of things because, I mean, you can be—they're gay Republicans. You know, you wouldn't think so. I yeah. would automatically be like, I don't think you should do that, man. <laughs> <laughs> bad for you. But so I think for me it was always trying to get to the, the truest form of Christianity, trying to find— find the roots so like first century christianity is kind of my jam yeah but like that's also a part because there's almost no records other than the new testament yeah so it's it's kind of hard to even know what christianity would have been like and how much it was changed by one person and by constantine yeah so and i think right there there's so many you know beliefs that constantine put in put into christianity that are so thoroughly not jewish yeah they're they're very, very pagan, and pointing that out to people pisses them off. It
1: does. Um, and so
2: it, it's so the stuff that I'm interested in is also the stuff that would get me in trouble anyway. So like most churches wouldn't wouldn't be able to have me, you know, come and speak or do something because they'd be like, "Man, he just like put a hole in this boat for me, you know?" And like we're supposed to be lifting people up, not bumming them out.
3: Right. Yeah. You know, you tell them it's the we're probably the first non-violent religion. Like completely nonviolent religion of the time, and 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 that people were seen unpatriotic because they wouldn't, go you know, they would be killed because they wouldn't kill. I mean, yeah. First century Christianity is really bizarre, I and mean, it's just so different than what Christianity has become.
2: Sure, like you know, like even even the Eucharist, like that would be abhorrent to a Jew, like drinking blood and eating flesh, like yeah. even even symbolically, like that would just make them unclean. You yeah. Know? And, a thoroughly pagan practice that is, you know, is all of a sudden became Christian, you know <laughs> yeah. like, nothing, nothing to do with it Like, so th- I think those are the things that kind of drew me out of Christianity especially because usually the people who agree with me are atheists to begin with and they're like, well of course and I'm like, this is really interesting don't you think it's interesting? And they're like, oh, stupid and you're like, okay I don't, I don't really have a tribe, you know so I have a, you know, a few good friends that are religious that I hang out with a lot you know Um, So, like, me and Mark Van Steenwick try to get together and do dinner, like, once a month, you know, just to talk and hang out. But I feel like there's so little space for, like, I don't think I could ever do that for a living, you know, Right.
3: even though I'm fascinated by it. I do it for a living and wish I was more fascinated by it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think I I used to be an angry atheist for sure. Um, And I think two things kind of have switched me from that. One, hanging out with you all the time. I <laughs> <Yeah.
4: laughs>
1: mean, um, yeah, that you can still be interested in it and not like have to uphold all these like weird evangelical standards or whatever that I don't agree with. Um, and, well,
2: yeah, It's also like we have a lot of conversations be like. In even in seminary, when you're like, if you start to question the Trinity at all, like people are like, "Just shut up! Just shut up!" All right, it's you know? <laughs> Yeah,
1: it's a mystery. Yeah, nobody. Don't cares. you love God's mystery? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that so many times. That's such a cop talk out. About. But yeah, <laughs> I think I was actually just reading a book before we started doing this. Um, I've been really interested in like like the trauma of leaving the church, how it's different for men and women. Mm. And I think like a lot of the trauma that I went through in like my deconstruction and just being in the church in general had to do with being a woman and being a woman who wasn't necessarily like super feminine or, you know, was loud and weird and not like, you know, um, here, I actually have the book.
3: (laughs) Oh yeah, Pure. By Linda yeah. K.
1: Yep, Linda K. Klein.
3: Okay.
1: And I just started reading it and it was it's really interesting. Like the first um chapter talks about how women and shame are linked in the church and how a woman going through pain is seen as more holy than a woman who's actually happy. Damn. Wow. Yeah. So if things are good. And you're happy and loving life, it means you're not like you're living to surface level. Like, like a woman has to be, you know, she has to be like this martyr almost. Like you can't if you're not feeling enough pain that you're not going deep enough in your faith, which like really resonated with me. And this girl like talked about like when she was growing up in the church, she developed early and then like All guys in the church were like, oh, you need to stop being so sexual. And like, what? And like, she couldn't help it. I mean, she just went through puberty really early and started developing, you know, her feelings and her body were changing. And she was like, I got so disrespected when I was happy and going through puberty, but then she ended up getting Crohn's disease. And so when she, like, re-entered the church and she had, like, lost all this weight and she had to have, like, one of those, like, bags that you attach to your, like, they take your colon out and then they, like, put a bag on your intestine. Yeah. What I'm talking about. Like, it just seems horrific and horrible. And she, like, her blood pressure was so low. Like, when she'd sit up, she'd get dizzy or whatever. Oh,
0: man.
1: But, um, so she, like, went through it. And when she went back in the church, I mean, she was still, like sick and frail and she's like I had never been treated nicer oh yeah like people were like oh you're a strong warrior I mean like she got a bunch of attention her sexuality had been taken away because now everyone was focusing on this disease that she had and they were like looking at her as like oh this beautiful suffering woman you know such a strong woman of the lord like you know, she still stood strong in her faith even with this medical problem, and like she was like the contrast between me growing up healthy and developing, and then being like, ah, no, ugh. you know, guys are are looking at you different. And but then when she got this disease, people saw her as like more pious, and it was crazy. Like reading that, wow. I was like, yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, no wonder people don't want to be a part of that. I mean, I wouldn't want to be, I'm not a part of anything like that. Thank God. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you know, you kind of, when you hear stuff like that, the anger makes a lot more sense. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Oh, that's why people are pissed off. Mm-hmm. It's not just that their youth pastor didn't give them an extra slice of pizza. You know, I mean, <laughs> they were not valued as human beings, you know, unless they were being tortured, you know, yeah. Or being used by the church or volunteering a insane amount of time mm-hmm. you know and things like that
2: and I, I think also one one thing that i took from like coming out of the church like going going through the heart of like the gospel and then coming out on the other side was kind of like i never thought that any of my leaders would lie to me um But it wasn't that they were lying. It's that they were stupid.
3: Yeah. right.
2: You know what I mean? Like they had never thought about these things for themselves. So they were like, yeah, I heard about the Trinity. It's fine. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I'm going to read some books about this and see what happens. And then um, I'd be like, wow, my youth pastor was a dipshit. Like he didn't know anything about the Bible. Right. You know, like I I know pastors that – the, like they're still friends of mine from school, but they don't have degrees in like theology or right. you know, they've never read the whole Bible. And so when they have a question about something they'll they'll call me and be like, Can you explain this to me? And then <laughs> they won't they won't like my answer. So as soon as they hear something that's contrary to their faith, they just shut down.
4: Mm-hmm. And they're
2: like, Well, you're just a pissed off atheist anyway and I was like, No, I really care about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I really think it's interesting, but I don't understand why you would elect someone to be like your pastor that doesn't know anything about their faith. Right. Yeah. And that happens a lot in evangelical churches.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, and it gets passed on to family and things like that. I mean, I'm glad I grew up evangelical in the way because I was able to be a high school dropout and then go into the church. But it also came through me studying and reading the books that you're talking about. And like, I want to find all this stuff out, you know, and. And just mind boggled like by the information I was getting, you know. But all I wanted to do was share it with people. So that's why I kind of stayed in the church rather than. That's why I stayed in the church rather than, than leaving because I was like, oh wait, this is actually good news. That's the <laughs> shitty stuff's kind of made them. They made a mistake or something, you know? What I mean, I was just like. I was like, I just wanted to be like the church exposed, you know. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's funny as too how like all the shady parts of of the church were just the stuff that they made up, you know. Right, a lot of that and, is true. And all the good stuff, they don't either. They don't care about, or they're like, well. Like you talked about, you know, like the, like the nonviolence and um, refusing to, you know, be take part in, you know, political organizations and like kind of being their own sort of, you know, society of taking care of each other. Like mm-hmm. the community aspect of Christianity is one of the most fascinating parts of it, and probably and one of the best things about it um, is being that, you know, the the blessed community or the um, like Bonhoeffer wrote um, Sanctum Communio, the you know communion of saints, like is the most interesting, most helpful thing about Christianity I think but it's right. also that's kind of been stripped away and taken away and so we're all going to buildings together but we're not actually in community with each other
3: you know yeah and, and, and in any community which is sad you know I mean I always want to think the church should be a part of a community and not the community itself sure you know otherwise it becomes real insular and crazy um, <laughs> yeah I mean it's tough I mean that's why I started out but now I, I think I get more out for theology from philosophers and, and punk rock icons, you know, like, like lately, like Joe Strummer and, and John, John Lydon and people like that, because they're just intelligent people, Mm -hmm. you know, that did something different, you know? And I'm like, ah, okay, maybe that's kind of where Jesus is for me, you know, and this and that. And so my theology now is just coming from all sorts of places, probably not the most popular places for preachers to get their theology, but, you know, I don't know. I just have to do it my own way and figure it out. You know, yeah, and that's great.
2: You know, but a lot of pastors aren't aren't like that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like are like everybody shut up and do your jobs. You know, <laughs> it's like they have you know the whole hierarchy. I um, know uh, it's funny because I hang out with a lot of pastors because I'm at churches all the time, um, and it's it's just it's funny the things that they're interested in and yeah. you know, like. The kind of hobbies they have, um, I find that. Please interesting. explain. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't. I don't want to name names, but um, like one yeah, a- pa- one pastor at one of the shows I work at, like I would totally go out after work and have a beer with him. Like yeah. he's he's just, he just loves to talk, and he's just he's and he's he's a fun guy, and we we got to know each other because a, a pipe burst in the church inside of a wall and so there's water rushing out both sides of this wall and we had to just figure out how to fix it together um so we had to like run through the whole church building try to find where the water shutoffs were we couldn't find those for like half an hour so there's there's water just gushing out of this broken pipe on both sides and we both just got shot back to just shop shot backed up all the water for like three hours um but it's a it's a it's just a such a fun story to have between the two of us now it's like we were on the front lines together. Like,
0: Shared experience. The wailing wall. <laughs> yeah. I've
2: never in the military, but that's, that's what I assume it would be like.
0: <laughs> did the leak leave a stain that looked like the Weeping Virgin? No, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> it, it He's
1: sending us a message.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, cool stuff like that in my life. <laughs>
1: well, funny. it's funny. I mean, you talked about getting um, spirituality like from people like Joe Strummer and John and like – those people really helped me through my deconstruction like the thing i miss most about church is like the built-in community like even though i'm sure heather whoever didn't want to ask how my day was she did it anyway (laughs) because i was in the church and you know whatever but um leaving that and like looking for that community like the punk rock and metal community were like so inviting and so like just wonderful. And there's a great story. Um, I just went to go see refused uh-huh. before like all of this. They're like one of my favorite bands of all time. And, um, I went by myself, which mm-hmm. is totally cool. I know she <laughs> wouldn't have enjoyed it and it was like 11 o'clock at night and you're an old man. <laughs> but, um, So I went by myself, and I totally don't mind that at all. Like, I'm I'm a huge loner and kind of always have been. And you accept that about me and know that it's not a personal uh, attack. But um, so I was at the show by myself, and, like, there was this group of these, like, five, I call them metal dads. Like, they were, like, maybe, like, late 40s, early 50s. A couple of them looked like hell's angels and like the other ones said like shaved heads and like neck tattoos and stuff and they looked like just fucking hardcore <laughs> and one of them came up to me and he's like and i know to be like extra hyper aware when i'm out by myself True. and i'm a woman like yeah. that's just the yeah. world we live in so one of them comes up to me and he's like hey are you here by yourself immediately i'm defensive Uh-oh. i'm like yeah, and I'm married. Like, i just, <laughs> like, so short with him. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant. He's like, I just, me and my friends, and he points back and all these guys are like, you know. <laughs> uh, he's like, we saw that you're here by yourself, so if anything happens that you don't like, let us know and we'll handle it. Oh, wow. Nice. And I'm like. Yeah.
4: Smell that. <laughs> That's so funny. Yes. And, like,
1: it just, like. Like that's the punk rock community, that's the metal community. Like they were there. I mean, yeah, there's gonna be dicks in every community. Yeah, of totally. But like those five dudes were there and they're like, We just want you to have a good time, but we also want you want you to be safe. So if some nonsense starts happening, you tell us. Nice. Like
4: and it Very didn't cool. and
1: like it didn't come across as like condescending. Like Yeah. Normally, I would have been like, okay, you think I'm, like, a dumb 18-year-old. You know, but they said it in such, like, a nice, like, communal way. Like, yeah, we get it. Yeah. You're married, and your husband probably didn't want to come to this hard-ass <laughs> show. Yeah, we get it.
0: And, like,
1: but they were just so nice about it. And I was just like, bless the punk rock and metal community. Like, they're, I've met more good people from that community than bad people. Yeah, me like, too. Yeah. Let me just put it that way. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's just great, and like, just people you wouldn't expect. Like, I remember <laughs> we were at Target that one time when you bought me. We went to go see The Damned.
4: Oh, awesome! And Josh bought
1: me.
2: That was a great. That was a great show. God, I'm sure,
1: so you actually went to that show with me, which mm-hmm. was great. <laughs> and, um, good call. Steve Beanie is still like one of the most electric frontmen ever, and he's like sixty-three is still out there doing it. It's amazing. And uh, I was wearing the Damned T-shirt when we were coming out of Target, and this, like, soccer mom is walking in, and she's like, oh, The Damned! I love them! <laughs> <laughs> and just and it, like, made my whole day. And I was like, did you go see their show at the finals? And she's like, yes! It <laughs> was so good! And, like, just that immediate connection. And it just, like, made my whole day, and it made her whole day. And just, I don't know, like, transitioning from the evangelical community yeah. to, like, the punk rock metal community. And, I mean, even when I was an evangelical Christian, there was, like, an evangelical punk community, which I was a part of, like, MXPX and Slick Shoes right. and Dogwood.
4: and You're right. Uh,
1: so, I mean, I was used to that, like, always feeling like an outsider, but then, like, transitioning into that secular world I thought people would be like oh yeah okay MXPX," am you know or right, right be yeah. like jerks about it they were like oh yeah <laughs> come on it like it's right, just right, great right. like I don't know there's more there's more good good punk and metal heads than there are bad <laughs> which I've discovered so yeah that made my transition a lot easier and I <sighs> I will defend those communities
3: till the day I die. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. It'd be cool if the Christian community was more like that. Yeah. I know. (laughs) Instead, it's like, you're having to like figure out each other's theology and kind of test each other. Like, Oh, so what do you think about this? Uh, Who'd you vote Uh for? (laughs) 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 What kind of Christian are you? You It's crazy.
1: Like one of the other main reasons besides leaving the church was that my brother came out and I was the last family member to know because he was scared that I would disown him. And like my brother and I have always been like best friends, even when we were little. So I, that really, it was like a record scratch moment for me where like, I really need to examine what I'm doing here. Right. Like if my brother who's been like my best friend for how many years (laughs) he came out to me when he was like, 28 or something. Uh, all the rest of my family had known, but I was the one he was too scared to tell. Yeah, uh, yeah. And like, it, it broke my heart. I like cried for three days after he told me that, like I was just, Oh, uh, it was the worst like punch in the chest. And I was like, okay, I really need to examine what I'm doing here. Yeah. Like,
3: yeah,
1: that was a big thing too. So I always get up in arms when churches are not LGBTQ friendly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like a big, big reason that I had left.
3: Yeah, no, I get that totally. Mm-hmm.
2: That's, that's also one thing that like the twin cities is this magical bubble of like, you know, um, I, I, we're just so such a gay friendly city. Like it's, 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 I'm not saying it's, it's, it's nothing, but we got to dinner with, um, her brother and her brother's husband and we don't think twice about it, you know? No one's going to mess with us or anything like right. that. Um, but that's not true everywhere. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, and I mean, before they moved here, they both um, got out of school with teaching degrees, like, right when the recession hit. So it was like, if you get a job anywhere, that's where you go. Like, that's what they were told. And both of them got jobs in northern Florida, oh. which is not very gay friendly. Yeah. Them trying to navigate their relationship and, like, I remember hearing stories. They would both coach, like, the college speech teams. And there were a lot of, like, queer kids who would join the speech team. And they would go to tournaments, like, in Georgia and South Carolina and stuff. And they would have to stop and get gas. And, you know, they'd be like, okay, like, be really careful. Like, if someone was, like, particularly flamboyant or something, like... I remember my brother telling one kid, like, okay, queen, like, you need to really tone it down, like, and right. he's like, it broke my heart to tell him that, like, yeah. duh, one came into to another, like, telling what, hey, dude, don't act gay, like, he's like, I was scared this kid was going to get the shit kicked out of him at this, you know, Carolina gas station, because yeah. Bob and his trucker friends are going to be in the room, like, hey, Pansy, you know, like, they just being stupid assholes, yeah. so... I'm just glad they're not in Florida anymore. Yeah. But yeah, it's like but now it's like crazy because they would go out to eat in, you know, southern Georgia and northern Florida and they would be like, Should we hold hands here? Like Right, right, I, yeah. You know? Should we just be business partners on dinner? Right. Like, you know? But then they moved here and it's like not a thing. So Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean we're lucky it's a Live in an area like that. It's really
0: a nice city. It's definitely not like that. No, no, it's Caleb, not. You've been quiet. How Have you been? Uh, I've been good. I'm. I'm just enjoying the. I'm getting a free show here. <laughs> free live podcast. Enjoy the conversation.
2: Did your GoFundMe page went pretty well.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's why I'm still afloat for sure.
2: Sweet. Yeah,
0: that's, a, that's that's excellent. That and you know help help in all sorts of different ways. And thank you guys again for putting that food together for me. That helps. No Hope problem.
1: Food is our thing.
0: Food's our yeah. thing. Yeah. Cool. Well, we got to move towards wrapping this up. We've another uh, show to do. We've got to loosen the Bible Belt recording after this, actually. Uh, anyway, but yeah, so we always end by just kind of asking. Uh, I know you all don't attend regularly or listen regularly, but uh, we just always like to ask if there's anything that we can we can uh, do better or do more of, you know, just kind of take inventory. If if anything that we're putting out there is sticking with you, or if there's anything else that we could do, that would you know, whatever. I know that you all are not our regular listeners, or are, you're more of our friends, <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> I listen to loosen the Bible Belt a lot. Oh yeah, actually, yeah. Cool. That's what we're doing next. Literally actually, yeah.
2: Very cool. Well, it was good. To, it was good to see you guys. Yeah. I mean, I totally even shit. though it's
3: over Skype, it was. It's been a long yeah. time. It not even been that long. It's been like a month. That's true. <laughs> I know, but it's like March was like 18 years. So I know, I
1: know. I
2: know. It actually was March Madness for real this time. <laughs> I,
3: know. <laughs> I know. Lived up <laughs> to the hype for
2: once. Yep. All right. Well, thank you guys. Yeah, All right, good guys. luck with Zelda. Thank
0: you. See you guys later. All right. Talk Bye, to you guys. guys. Bye. Bye.
4: We'd like to remind you that
0: our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on
4: the website.
3: If you enjoyed this show, you might also like Loosen the Bible Belt with Kristen Becker and myself, Jay Baker.
4: I know from having two partners who passed away that people love to text a dead person's cell phone. This is a thing. Have any, any of the three of y'all ever texted wow. a dead person's cell phone?
3: No, no, because no. you,
4: you understand they're not looking at it. Right. I don't know. It's
3: right. I've listened to their voicemail before, but never texted them.
4: Right. Because voicemail, you're listening to the outgoing message so you can hear their voice. Right? right.
3: Right. Right. Yeah.
4: Yeah. But like both my partners who passed away, I mean, hundreds of text messages and they weren't meant for me. So I just turned the phone off because I'm like, I'm not supposed to look at this, you know. I mean, I definitely shouldn't reply. That would be terrible. So I started getting, I got like three of those messages, three or four. (laughs) And uh, I was like, all right, so people think I'm dead. So I have to go on social media. So I think what happened is because I wasn't on social media and there was like a little bit of a rumor mill, like people just, I guess, assume that I died. I guess they assumed. I don't know. Nobody will admit that they thought that. Like when I posted, hey, I'm not dead. (laughs) Nobody was like, oh, yeah, I heard. Everyone's like, oh, I didn't hear that rumor. Nobody's ever gonna tell me they thought I was dead. But also, anyone could have checked it with anyone. My girlfriend, my two roommates in the queer community, like literally anyone you could have checked it with. That's like that social necrophilia. People love a dead person, you know.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Does keep them occupied for a few hours online.
0: (laughs) That was a post-Christian podcast.